they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back, baby, come back. With the bye-bye-bye-bye, with the bye-bye-bye-bye, I must admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. So we're going to pick up from last week, and Sean asked us to listen to Eddie Vedder. Society. So we're gonna we're gonna intro in with society. Society, any better? Society. <laughs> now, I, I can't actually remember how it sounded, but I'm guessing you nailed it, mate. You nailed it. I mean, you might as well just quit now and, and start a cover <laughs> Please, please quit now. That's the message coming out of this. Please quit now. <laughs> He's clearly listened to the last episode. <laughs> what if you? If you haven't listened to Sean's last episode, we we left Sean halfway through, and he was le- he left us on the yeah, message. Yeah, no, that Sean, everyone... Sean left us halfway through, and to be honest, we didn't think he'd come back. We thought this was a, <laughs> a brilliant ruse to go. Ah, oh, sorry, you know, just you started off listening to the been on the podcast with us, and you just sort of halfway through went, yeah, this isn't quite working out. So uh, I've got to go at eight. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You I made wasn't the that excuse. I am back. I am back. <laughs> It's a wonderful podcast. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, before, because we, we left off with Sean telling us that we should all be investment bankers, if that's what we want to be. So we need to, <laughs> we need to segue in somewhere there. But before that, we, um, we, JD and I were talking, actually, just about some of the recent articles we've been reading. And while I remember, we'd had these three articles in a row, which the theme was pretty much idiot Brits um, try and do epic things and massively fail. So <laughs> one of them was a a, a a guy for charity had decided to walk Snowden in his pants and had uh, caught hypothermia at the top. Um, surprise, surprise. We had another guy who was up Scaffold Pike and he got so baked on weed that he couldn't walk and had to be, he had to be rescued off the top. And then we had these three teenagers, British adventurers, who had, um, they tried to trek across Iceland for this TV show, and they had to be rescued three times during their attempts. Um, I think they eventually made it, but they then had to be shipped back in to where they were last time. So, I, was, I mean, what do you make of this? Is this your fault? <laughs> um, ah, you know what? Like, if, if people didn't do it because they thought they were going to get grief, for not mm. completing, then no one would do anything, you know. So, you know, it depends what it is. You know, if, uh, a lot of the time, there's two things going on here. One, it's called pink helmet syndrome. You know, a lot of people are trying to get a world's first, you know, like, oh, I'm the oh. first guy to cycle Land's End John O'Groats wearing a pink helmet. Um, Has so, someone done that, by the way? I don't know. Oh, no, don't care. Lee, Lee Stuart Evans will go, yeah, I'm in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what Pe- people are now they're, they're wanting to do things and they're just ramping up the quirkiness and the weird factor and often those people don't really prepare enough because they just think oh well it's just a bit of fun i'm going to be the first person to you know do it running with two left shoes on or something i don't know um so those are the guys that don't prepare enough uh, often and and that's what gets them into trouble. And do you think but, that's because they're looking for something like it's harder to find first or because they want to do something like that's not actually that hard and still get a first? 
Well, no, no, I think that they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, okay. they're not doing it because they have a love for climbing mountains or rowing oceans or, you know, you know, climbing up Snowden. <laughs> um, they're trying to they're trying to do it for fame and publicity and and things like that. And yes, yeah, some of them are trying to raise money for charity, which is great. Obviously, we that's that's a good thing. Um, but often they're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know. If you want to do something, just go off and, and do it, you know, um, rather than trying to do it with a pig helmet so that you might, you know, get a bit of notoriety uh, and things like that. Um, so I think that's the problem. I think people are maybe doing it for social media reasons um, and all that, which is which is a shame because you should just do it because you love the outdoors or you love cycling or running or hiking or whatever. Um, the chaps, I know the chaps who, who tried to cross Iceland. Um, oh, did you, know, you help rescue them? No. <laughs> you, you, told, you told them to go for it without... <laughs> you were like, boys, you just need help. Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> Flip flops, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, you, you, I mean, you get unlucky with weather. You can't really, you know, weather, injury, things like that. They just happen. The most experienced people in the world get injured or, or, or sort of have to bail because of bad weather. Um, you know, going back in history as well. So there is a certain element... You know, there is a balance. Yes, there's some things that people do that are really just silly, just stupid. And, you know, they've only got themselves to blame. Um, but for the most part, I, I try not to discourage people from from doing stuff. But, you know, you've got to you've got to put in the, the admin. You've got to do the hours. You've got to do the research, get the kit, you know, get, train hard. I think a lot of people don't realize how much training is involved do you, generally. Do you, do you feel it now? I mean, like now when you started off doing uh, adventures... Um, you know, it, it, you were doing it for all the right reasons because you, you you wanted to feel it personally. But as your profile has risen, and more and more people watch what you do, do you do you ever have that sense of people are watching me? I I feel that additional pressure that I have to I have to finish this or I have to do this, or it would be embarrassing if I didn't. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. No, no. Um, I mean, truthfully, if I if I won the lottery tomorrow. Uh, I would go and do all this stuff uh, without actually doing social media or doing anything. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not made of money and I have to find ways of, of getting my ideas funded like everyone. And and so I do I do this, the social media thing and try and get sponsors like most athletes and big expeditions have to try and do, you know, slaving for months and months and months to try and get you know, 100 quid here, 200 quid here. If you're lucky, you get, you know, 500 or 1,000. Um, so, you know, that's that's half the reason, you know, you've got to got to keep at, at the game of, of the publicity game, really. But truthfully, I just really love it. And if, if I could do it without having to be in the public eye, oh, God, choose that, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely. Would it, would it um, be the same, though? Because if I... Would you so, for example, the the challenges that I know you've done seem to be mind-numbingly repetitive in in many ways. If you had the money, would you still go for the those ones, or would you be right? I'm now just going to do really awesome stuff that's really fun and not no, quite no. as grueling. No, I'd still do the hard stuff, hundred percent. In fact, I'd probably do harder stuff. You know, I, I've failed. I've actually failed quite a few, getting quite a few challenges off the ground. Mm. purely purely because they were too expensive and no one wanted to fund them um and and i was gutted you know because you know i i, I don't have the money i've got to find companies and things to do it um can you uh, say what they are or do you still have those ideas for 
in case uh, money pops up. Uh, I can say one of them, I guess, which was the the I was going to go for the fastest attempt to cycle around Australia, doing a lap of Australia uh, on the bike. Um, mm. And I, I've been dreaming of that record since I cycled around the world. Uh, it, when I was in Australia, people thought I was going for the record because mm. I was doing I was doing okay mileage, not nothing crazy. Um, and I was like, oh, I totally want to come back and have a crack at this a bit later in life when I'm a bit older, a bit more experienced. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think that would be that expensive, would it? Well, so it's a crude record it, 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 to break the current record. You need it. It's a fully supported uh, record. Oh, so okay. th- th- that's the expense in it and flights and, and, and two vehicles and drivers and food and accommodation and things like that. So, um, no, I definitely, I mean, the only, the only flip side is the social media stuff. You know, the positive side is, is, you know, you do get a lot of youngsters nowadays going on social media and looking at, you know, all the Olympians and various other sports people and, and even people who do hobbies, you know, I've been getting in, to knife making recently and you know you only, have, you only have to go through instagram for, i know it's amazing it's because the police nicked my other one is this how you get your money you're going to schools teaching children how to make knives <laughs> but i tell you what like i i was always kind of interested in in that sort of stuff as a kid but yeah. i didn't i didn't have instagram growing up and i had you know how was i at all and i didn't have the internet either I'm of that older generation, you know, I, I had no way of, of working out how, how I could make knives as a teenager. Um, whereas now, you know, the internet does help. So actually there's a certain side of, of social media and, and, and public trying to get a public presence that I would potentially try and do, but purely just to, to pay, pay it forward, you know, pay back what, so what your, I, your, your view of the positivity of the internet is access to, instructions on making knives 100 <laughs> percent. i'm doing my next one right now it's a fishing knife and um oh, it's amazing it looks like it's got scales down the blade it's beautiful let's see look at my instagram could, <laughs> i reckon you could have a good business with that well you know what i arrogantly thought when, when i made my first knife that it was the best knife in the all of the world um and then instagram put me back in my place <laughs> <laughs> fuck social media Honestly, that's the it, problem it's isn't it amazing <laughs> it's always the problem with social media you think you're good and then someone else comes up with something 20 times better yeah and and actually that's another thing is is it's quite quick to judge yourself against other people uh, especially with social media and, and that's really bad and we all do it um you know you might find someone who's you know, training for a marathon that, you know, who's maybe doing it quicker than you or things like that. And the problem with benchmarking yourself against other people is it either makes you depressed or lazy, you know, so you you can never come out on top by judge, you know, judging yourself against other people. Yes. If that's your job, if you're an athlete and you have to win races, then that's a different story. But for the most part, you know, if you're, you know, judging yourself against someone else, if you're doing worse than them, you know, you often can get depressed and be like, oh, I can't, I'll never get to that level. Um, you know, like making knives. Um, unless you have the character who inspires you, there are some people who would, would get inspired by that. 
Um, but quite a lot of people would go, oh, well, I'll never get there. Um, or if you're better than everyone else, you then just get lazy, don't you? You just be like, oh, well, I'm ahead of everyone. So what's far better, I think, is just to find you know, find the real reasons you want to do it and, and, and stick to those rather than, yes, get inspired by people who are ahead of you in the game. But um, don't sort of measure your worth or value on, 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 you know, relative to them because that's just silly, really. Although, I mean, I think it, it depends on how you, you enter it because say we take this analogy of knives, you could go on there and see knives which you never would have fathomed that someone could whittle <laughs> is that the word? Yeah, yeah. Could, could whittle in that way and you'd be like oh my god they've got like a double whittle handle with yeah. oh I don't, I don't know any terminology but <laughs> you, if you if you go into it with the the aim of not wanting to necessarily the, be the best in the world but to be the best you can be then yeah, it all but, changes yeah, yeah but but what you're not doing there and what you mustn't do is is benchmarking your worth against that person yeah it's good to acknowledge that that person's great and get inspired for them but don't don't value yourself at their success you know don't go oh well you know i'm rubbish i'm not so good so i'm therefore less important or less valuable you know they're amazing you know we do that in business we do that with people with money a lot in society people who have a larger sum of money we we value them we give them status more than we should i think um you know in a parallel universe doctors are the celebrities you know and and nurses and you know the pe- people who do every all the jobs in the world that none of us want to do but if they didn't do them we'd be screwed you know like rubbish collection and things like that <laughs> um it's, so... it's very it's very difficult though because i'm sat here looking at a picture on social media of you at the top of kilimanjaro in a <laughs> penguin suit and it's very very oh, difficult busted. very difficult very difficult not to not not to compare myself against that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> busted there. Um, that's a funny story, actually. We, there were seven of us all going to uh, climb Kilimanjaro in back in the day, nearly 10 years ago now. Mm. Um, and we were trying to raise money for the African Wildlife Fund. And we thought, well, how funny would it be uh, if we all wore penguin suits and waddled up? And I just thought that'd be just kind of a funny little thing to you know raise a bit of money for charity and just... The idea of us waddling up the mountain was quite amusing. Yeah. Um, and anyway, we all rocked up at, at in 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 yeah base camp of Kilimanjaro. Well, not base camp at the base. Um, and I whipped out the penguin suit. I was like, right, boys, let's go. And they're like, mate, we were joking. <laughs> but by now, I told three people, and then that's the rule. Once you tell three people, you you've got to stick with it, right? Um. That's why we get away with so much on the podcast. We say it on the podcast and we still need to tell one more person to make it actually cement it. So (laughs) it's our security. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted. I was busted there. (laughs) So if we, because when we, when we last spoke, you, you talked about that first cycle where you'd, you'd hated your job. You got frustrated. You then was going to cycle around the world and you'd had a pretty horrific experience had an injury uh, this huge crash taken a month off um cycle back um if we if we want, can go back to to though to that frame of mind where you were then and because at that stage you were still just a you were just a guy who'd done a cycling thing and failed yeah and were probably feeling 
a little bit of a dick and just like a little probably That's a little it. bit embarrassed i'd imagine um well not embarrassed because i got run over by someone so i couldn't you know that was i had no control over that um but you know i did feel guilty because i probably i didn't raise as much money for charity as i could have had i maybe broken the record uh and that was quite high on my priority list you know um so well but basically what happened is i got back home i had zero money in the bank Mm. um i moved back in with my mum yeah i know i know i still had that um never sold that one yeah and um yeah so i moved back in with my mother in she lives lived in a little one bedroom flat in cheltenham lived there for for well it landed up being nearly a year um but while you know when i came back i was like right well you know that didn't work out so well, maybe this whole cycling malarkey's adventuring game is, is not for me. I, I better get back into employment. So I I sort of sent my CV out um, to everywhere, like loads of bike shops for, for to be bike mechanics. Um, there's charities that sort of try and get kids to, to cycle to school. I was trying to get jobs with them. You know, I sent out hundreds and hundreds of CVs for months and months and months all the while just trying to scrape by by you know doing i think i did like two talks in in that year or something maybe three but um yeah i I think i think i worked out i think i earned four thousand five hundred pounds in the 12 months between yeah after finishing the cycle um and that was you know just trying to flog a few books i managed to to write a guidebook to long distance cycling okay and sold like you know, 100 copies of that and then uh, a couple of talks here and there so yeah i was really on you know really struggling and then and how after, were you feeling at that time like, well, what, what were you picturing as your future I, I just i had no future i literally had no future you know i was i have no a levels as i said i didn't i don't know i didn't go to university i and i'd done a hobby my whole life that that paid paid me a wage and i couldn't do that anymore i didn't want to do that anymore and in fact when i sold my company all the kit went with it so even if i wanted to get back into photography i had no cameras or anything no no laptop no camera no Mm. nothing so yeah i was i mean it was looking to the point of where i'd have to maybe move back to south africa where my father lives and he kind of said well you can come back here and then maybe see if you can start life again because certainly you know, trying to start life in the UK again with zero money and and getting no jobs either. Um, mm. Not even interviews, not even you know email replies saying I'm sorry. But then eventually, after about it, six or seven, doesn't that seem crazy to you? Um, just just for me, if I, I mean, I, I've I've employed a lot of people who they necessarily have experience. We I've used a lot of interns at companies that startups mm. have worked at, and. Someone who's got a good story that shows grit to me is is worth so much more than pretty much any other experience. Yeah, but it was also it was also 2012. There weren't that many jobs going. You know, mm. I was 30. How old was I back then? 32. I was 32 years old with no CV. Mm. Basically, I've never you know I worked in a photo lab and a cabbage factory. <laughs> that was the only two jobs i ever did before i started going into you know being self-employed um in the early days 
So I've, I've worked in a bulb factory, by the way, as in the plant bulb. <laughs> so I know your pain. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then eventually, oh, yeah, it was about six to six to eight months later. I just thought, you know what? I maybe I should just go off and do another challenge because a it might get me my confidence back because I was pretty depressed. Mm. B last time someone else funded it, you know, through sponsorship. Mm. Um, so at least, what were your parents saying to you at this day? I mean, your dad sounds like he's quite supportive. <laughs> was your yeah, I mean, they, were, they were both super supportive. Because um, yeah, but you know, what can you do? They can't get me a job. You know, I was doing everything I could, um, and and you know, I I kind of thought, well, I just got to do another challenge because last time I got funding, which helped me survive for a year. You know, because the funding covered my food and 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 bills on the road. And then I thought, right, well, that's it. Just choose something else. <laughs> uh, and that's when I thought of swimming the length of Britain. Um, yeah, that was kind of the next big thing, which and I thought. Was, was, there, was there any logic towards it? Was there any, did you, did you think that through? Or did you just think, oh, this seems, are you looking at a map? Or were you in the swimming pool? Or um, I was busy. I'd already cycled lands in on the road years before pretty slowly um and i was writing the book about it and i just remember how much i loved you know going off and and exploring britain um i thought i'd love to do another adventure in britain at the same time my mate dave cornthwaite was swimming down the missouri and i remember following it yeah and i remember following it on on facebook and i I emailed him and i was like mate what what are swimming adventures like mate he's like well they're hard really hard but you know we i've got a good team and it's it's you know we're having good days and we can camp out each night and and that sort of thing and i thought well actually that doesn't sound too miserable yeah the swimming stuff is a bit miserable um but actually you know they're camping out on the side of <laughs> is the, that what sold you the, uh, you get to camp out every night <laughs> yeah i just i thought well actually you know it could be a relatively fairly inexpensive something to fund adventure to fund yeah um and and also cha- i like the idea it challenged me yeah yeah i've done that actually while i was swimming oh. tidal line around not on that one on a different challenge um caught a mackerel it was amazing um and so, and so when you when you then decided on this plan how how do you go about turning something from an idea in i mean the how do you make it happen oh well geez oh that's a long list um, <laughs> say, say this swim. Um, say, say I was going to do this. I think, am I going from Scotland to the south of like, Okay, I'm going there. But then, in my head, like, right, can I swim ten miles a day, fifteen miles a day? And so you've then got to break down. Surely the whole the whole journey by coastline, you've got to figure out all the roads. Um, I mean, even that in itself, just I, I think the swim is probably the easiest bit. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, pretty much the swimming side. You you, you get you get swimming fit along the way and you know even dave hadn't swum swum much in uh in training um so i mean there's so many logistics the first thing i think of is what could happen that could end the swim or end the the expedition yeah uh, i call them game stoppers and uh and you just list those and those are your first priority so you know one are there sharks you know that could be a game stopper <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no luckily there's no sharks Did you two, actually is there 
Yeah, I know. I did. Shark-related attacks, shark-related deaths in the UK. On, <laughs> on, on number three, in 1955, two Cornish blokes blew themselves up trying to dynamite for sharks. Um, and that's on the list. <laughs> I think number seven on the list is someone had a shark skull in their living room on the mantelpiece and it fell off and hit someone on the head. Um, <laughs> this list? They are alleged. So no, there's never been one reported shark bite in UK waters ever um, from a in natural. The only shark bites have ha happened have been when people are trying to catch them uh, and they jump in the boat or something. Um, so, yeah, you know, you look at the game stoppers. What is it? Yeah. You know, is, is there a current going one direction? Are there two opposing currents that meet in the middle, which means you couldn't swim the whole length in one go? Um, you know, what crew do I need? I need to find a skipper, obviously. You have to have a skipper. have to have probably one uh, and maybe two other crew members. I need a boat. You know, what if that boat sinks? What if the boat breaks down? Um, was, was Dave's um, in open water? Well, Dave was in a river. And yeah. I always take the piss out of him because, actually, you can do that swim without swimming because you just float down He'll hate me for saying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're a real man, Dave, you'll do it upstream. Yeah, the sea, the sea versus river swimmers. You know, we always have a banter. Um, so was there someone but, you could have uh, asked then about these basic? Because I, I think even if I was to go into it, you unless you've tried it at least, there's so many questions you wouldn't think to ask. Well, I had no one to ask for sea big sea swims because no one. There's a guy called Ben Lacomment, a French guy who. Uh, you know reportedly swam the, the uh, atlantic in the 70s but he drifted so much each night and just got back in the water without actually going back and covering the mileage uh, okay. no one really took it seriously um uh, so I, I didn't i didn't speak to him the only people i could really speak to were dave and a guy called martin stroll who swam on the amazon um so that that was an insight into just life is that know, the guy the from big Big River Man. Yeah, Big River Man, yeah. Is he so, completely bonkers? Yeah, he's crazy. He's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to do something with him one day. I, I, I don't care what. Just, if you I, haven't yeah. seen that documentary podcast, it is incredible. Yeah. He's a, is he Lithuanian? Latvian? Slovenian? Slo Slovenian. Just I keep think. naming. Just keep naming countries. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there eventually. How many Eastern Bloc states can that small? Can I? But he, because um, doesn't he gets drunk swimming? And there's a point where he's he's almost in a about. meditative. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. He drinks like two bottles of wine every day or something. It's wow. And he looks like he does as well. Yeah, I, I love. <laughs> I love the fact that you go. Yeah, that's that's someone I want to do a challenge with. <laughs> <laughs> Was your boat just loaded up with kegs and kegs of casks of wine? Well, maybe it should have been. Maybe I'd have done it quicker. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, planning these things, you've got to you've got to ask loads of advice, sit down, break it down into the what's happening, and then you know, once you've got that admin, then you try and get funding, and then you try and get fit, and then you try and get crew, and then you try and get a boat, and then eventually, if it all comes to plan, you you can hit the start line, and yeah, so. 30th of June 2013, stood at Land's End, looking out into the ocean, going, what the hell am I doing? I have not thought this through at all. Um, but, yeah, the first the first few weeks was pretty tough because I the waves were so big and I hadn't done any sea training because I didn't live anywhere near the sea um, and I was just all over the place. So, yeah, it was tough at the beginning. And But, you know, the swimming was always tough. But actually, the, the, the 
worst part, the toughest part was just, you know, keeping my crew motivated so they didn't leave me. <laughs> you know, it's pretty boring following a oh, swimmer yeah. doing like two miles an hour. So um, they're, they, they're with you, they're side by side practically the whole yeah, way. Yeah, so I had someone in a kayak next to me. Uh, I swim off to the left really quickly because I did the, the, the Gloucestershire cheese rolling. You know that festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a cheese down a hill. I did that, whoa, 2009 hmm. and dislocated my shoulder. Um, so I get a really weak shoulder. So I swim off to the left because I dropped my elbow and then it rolls my body uh, the the wrong way so um yeah i needed a kite next to me and then the boat would just circle around and then when the tide changed i'd jump on the boat uh either go to anchor or wait around the point did you swim anti-clockwise then uh well i went from land's end up to john groats yeah because the wind you got to go with the wind because the wind with the tire patterns the waves a little bit otherwise it gets bouncy um so yeah 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 so i went up yeah and um and how many so you were you're planning two miles an hour was so were you planning or was that just what happened oh no that's just what happens um and that's with a bit of tide you know because the tide will will go in my, my favor for four hours really um if well yes and then there's a couple of hours each side which you could swim in but probably not worth it. it's better to conserve your energy and then you got six hours of down tide uh where you just have to wait wait for the tide to change direction again in your favor and you just repeat that, and if you repeat it for four and a half months, you eventually get to Scotland. Um, so are you, are you yeah. sleeping? Are you are you swimming through the night at times then because of the tide? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, depend depending on the conditions. You know, the the night sessions I did, the conditions had to be pretty good. You know, um, <clears> so but yeah, for the most part, um, yeah, day and night just whenever just to steal miles you know you just got to steal miles as much as possible and, and when you're doing that what are you thinking of john o'groats harbour <laughs> <laughs> i was just like visualizing the end i'm like i've got to make this one happen man like i can't fail on two big expeditions otherwise then what you know <laughs> but do, are you always um, i mean do, do you get moments where you, you an hour's gone by and you've not you just suddenly blink or are you always very much in the now yeah i mean if anything time stopped you know i'd swim for what i thought was an hour and it would only be like three minutes or something Honestly, mm. it was depressing um just because you're so cold you know it's just nothing worse and after the first week i lost all my body fat and i never really got it back you know yeah i wasn't really able to put the weight back on for another four and a half months so because can you eat while you're swimming or do you can you only really do that when you're around the water no no i used to eat in the water definitely i used to blend all my meals so i could drink it and add butter and coconut oil and various things um but yeah i mean i was still swimming now in at the beginning of november in, in scotland you know i urge anyone listening if you live anywhere near scotland oh my word go when it was when it's two degrees outside and get in the water and swim for four hours it's horrible <laughs> was that because if you hadn't started in june you'd have you'd have had to wait another year um exactly yeah if i didn't okay. start uh when i started i'd have to wait another year um i should have started a month earlier but didn't really get funding or a boat or anything in time mm. and 
the and also I, I yeah I just didn't swim fast enough didn't have a, the boat was slow so from where I finished swimming often I was you know four miles offshore but the boat could only do like two and a half three miles an hour oh wow so, yeah, so that okay. was two three four hour round trips which often often were longer the longest commute I called it from sort of safe well from where I finished swimming to an anchorage and back again was three days you know because it took us we had to go and get food so it took us like eight hours to get to this anchorage to mm. stock up on food and then we just had massive headwinds and it took even though it was only 15 miles we needed to get it took two days to get all the way back to where I finished swimming so if I'd had a bigger boat that would have been you know a few hours um, and so, so when yeah. that happened, would you then you just lose two and a half days? You couldn't do any swimming. You'd have to just wait. And well, then... no, because I yeah no, because I was I had to get back to the exact spot. You know, the exact mm. the exact spot I finished swimming. Um, I had to get back to it. You know, so um, yeah, that's why it took so long. <laughs> and, and so, what was the biggest challenge on the, on the the trip once you'd started? Um. Oh, uh, jellyfish that was kind of annoying um kept getting stung in the face by jellyfish mm. the crew motivation you know i felt really bad you know the, that, that they weren't really enjoying themselves even though <laughs> they were maybe I, yeah. <laughs> but um it played on my mind a lot just having these guys sort of follow me the whole time and, and yeah, you know painfully slow pace and i had blue tack in my ears so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even hear them so they couldn't even talk to me so <laughs> and do, do you think they they'd signed up thinking it was going to be this is a crazy challenge it's going to be exciting and then actually the reality is, is very different well exactly that and that's if you're crewing anyone um you, you know if, if you're trying to live someone else's dream that often happens you know and then people will leave but luckily they were all getting something out of it you know m and the kayak was going to become the first girl to kayak the length of britain uh lou and and jez oh, my nice. two skippers, um you know the, the two skippers were gonna learn you know jez was gonna were, did the first half he's a friend of mine and he uh, he just really loved sailing uh lou who, who came and saved me and and came came and joined me when jez left because i was taking too long um you know she loved sailing as well and she wanted to do more sailing up in scotland and owen also just wanted to have an adventure and explore Britain and um and he landed up actually moving to one of the islands in Scotland after we we swam past it because he loved it so much so, it and it was just yeah it was just amazing to that they stayed with me you know I owe them everything um but you know I also spent a lot on whiskey <laughs> just to keep them inspired. <laughs> oh, so was that, was that your your escapism almost then well that was just to keep them i used i had i used to have fishing competitions whoever caught the most fish in a day got a bottle of whiskey so that well no i'd, I'd make it over a week actually so that kept them excited for a week and and i'd have to think of something else so and, and were you so when you were then not swimming what were you spending your you, you obviously were stretching sleeping but were you doing social media were you um playing games how what was what was your happy time in that um, well yeah at the beginning the happy time was exploring you know for the for the best part of seven hours downtide if we were mm. near the shore 
would anchor up and go to shore and explore and you know maybe go and find a pub or a cafe or something and the weather was good in the early days but by the end we just we we we, we did slightly lose the motivation to have fun when mm. things are tough you know it's quite hard to to make yourself go oh let's go and explore that cove when you're freezing cold and you're behind schedule and you're running out of food and money and everything it's quite difficult to do that but i wish we had i mean we kind of did you know um the crew were amazing at, at you know keeping keeping things alive but i was basically just trying to sleep and recover as much as possible and, and did you do it diary this time did i do a did you do a diary this time had you learned from your cycle yeah well actually one of the crew m did my diary for me so yeah <laughs> i'm glad she did because actually i wouldn't have done it nearly as well because i think that's the first time i heard about you and and that was because normally actually these days because of the podcast because of my running i'll tend to hear about people through friends of friends or because of yes tribe or because of project awesome but yeah. I think this was one where it actually made it into the metro and so i just remember hearing about this bonkers guy who was swimming around uh around the uk and uh i i just i felt a lot of sympathy but at the same point i thought actually this guy kind of deserves what he gets he's, yeah. He's idiot. <laughs> yeah i know yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah i mean I, I really had no idea what was happening behind the scenes to be honest yeah um i was clueless i just was doing my thing uh, um but actually yeah in the end i mean yeah the media really really got behind it um which i didn't really know about yet yeah, you know the one show came yeah. at times which is great um and a couple of newspapers and local radio and things but it was only when i came out at john O'Groat to the end when there was yeah. all those you know all those out outside broadcasting vans with their satellites on the roof and you know everyone was there except sky sky were like it's not football we don't (laughs) (laughs) well it's water it's not sky if you'd flown it they'd have loved it (laughs) yeah so um uh yeah so yeah i mean it was great it was great to, to to raise money for charity which you know certainly the media stuff certainly helped um and yeah i mean my life kind of did change overnight actually when I finished that swim you know all of a sudden all these things were happening without me really even knowing or wanting it but all of a sudden you know I had production companies pitching ideas to tv channels with me in mind without even having told me you know which is what happens uh and book deals came my way agents and managers and you know it was just all crazy crazy kind of like you see in the movies what were the worst suggestions (laughs) yeah (laughs) The, the, sorry, what were the? Oh, what were the worst suggestions that came from either for ideas for books or new challenges? Oh, God, I don't know if I can say. Actually, I might get some people into trouble. Um, <laughs> Everyone's a freelancer in TV. There was a so... lot of ru- what I call rubbish. <laughs> the rubbish TV side of things, you know, there are people pitching me to to do certain things with certain other people in the in tv land um which didn't interest me at all uh so that i did not agree to those um so it would be the kind of pair you up with alan titchmarsh that sort of thing yeah Yeah, exactly yeah pairing me up with someone who who was sort of in the public eye already 
and doing stuff together. Um, and I had no interest in doing TV stuff, truthfully. Um, yeah, I had no well, I had no I had no intention or 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 want to do other people's ideas and just be on TV. Um, the TV stuff only came about later on when I was going off to, to run Britain for the second time because uh, I'd failed the first time and Discovery Channel said, oh, you know, we do you, do you mind if we send cameras to follow you? I was like, well, you do what you want. I'm going to run it. I'm leaving on this date. I'll see you there. <laughs> um, and and that, that was nice. That's the way if, if, if I was going to share my my story in, you know into the, the, the public um that was quite a fun way of doing it where i wasn't making a tv show i was just going and doing my thing and and camera and crews were actually just following me um it's sort of you know fly on the wall stuff so i mean for me tv just makes everything bigger which is the positives and the negatives so if you're trying to raise money for a charity you get more of that if you're trying to inspire people you get more of that and so actually all the, if you're doing things for the right reasons, I think TV is brilliant because it just it, it helps it, it it gives it makes the impact of those reasons really um, hit home more. You reach more people, um, and so yeah, 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 definitely. But TV can just, be a cruel TV can be a cruel mistress, David, as you well know. <laughs> it can turn on you on a sixpence if things don't go to plan. It can do indeed, indeed. <laughs> I will never trust her again, <laughs> you harlots. But um, with um, so I, I hadn't realised you'd actually failed the the first attempt. Yeah, yeah, I got injured a uh, hundred miles in. Uh, try oh, to carry on for another hundred miles. So it was pretty early on when I got injured how, on the run. How long did so. you been preparing for that? Um, truthfully, not long enough. Uh, and that's probably why I got injured. So uh, six months, maybe, um, which, you know, I've done that a lot in the past, actually. Um, I've just winged it. But actually, with running, your risk of injury is so high. I didn't quite appreciate that. You know, I'm not a runner. It was my first ever run properly. So, yeah, uh, yeah I learned the hard way. Um, and, so. and what was it that, that was it ITB? Um, you just no tracking tracking yeah knee tracking so tight tight itb tight hip flexed uh yeah. tight glute um and then weak arches so my art my arches would drop my knee would go in and then the tracking the the tight quad would pull the, the kneecap out yeah. so and then i stupidly uh was on ibuprofen instead of paracetamol and then you know just ran on it injured with, without knowing because I, I had ibuprofen so yeah never run with ibuprofen um if you're going to take anything paracetamol is the one because paracetamol will mask niggles but it won't mask injury but ibuprofen can definitely mask an injury which is is no good if you can get it morphine and then you just fly it's uh it's wonderful but anyway um and, and was that was that before or after the swim then the the first attempt yeah, after the swim. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so I fin finished the swim and I thought, right, well, I've cycled and, and swum it. I, you know, I, I like the idea of, of doing the run to finish the triathlon, uh, just as a new challenge. Um, and yeah, so that that was the, the idea there. And was there a lot of focus on you at that stage? Had had the media rolled over from the swim? Not really. Then... No, not really. People, the media side of stuff goes away pretty quick quickly. Mm. Uh, thankfully actually you know it, it allows you to go back and lead a pretty normal life you know you get that humdrum 
for a few months and then mm. people forget you it's kind of nice um and and yeah you know when i went off to start the run it was just me and my rucksack and no one else and sort of went Are up you getting unsupported yeah 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 i was doing doing them unsupported whoa mm-hmm. well mainly because i couldn't afford to pay anyone to be my crew because <laughs> uh, i, I- Went to my ex-girlfriend, Kim. She she did an ultra, um, and they had a chat with uh, people coming along to be inspirational the day before the ultra. So I popped along to, to see it. Can't remember the guy's name. This would have been about five, maybe six years ago. And he had planned to run uh, Land's End John Groats. His support had pulled out, and he'd gone ahead with it anyway. And it was... And it was it was horrific. He he then describes what sounded like the worst running experience, where he was he get he'd been placed in Scotland and just couldn't find food anywhere. There was nowhere to buy, and he realised after um, a week or two that he'd been using crisps for his salt, and actually the crisps were these special crisps that didn't actually have salt in them. So weird. <laughs> and so he he ended up. I can't remember how much weight he'd lost, but he hadn't run in three years because it was such a harrowing experience. Yeah. And, and that was all because he'd done it solo without support. And I was sat in a room of ultra runners who hadn't run their race yet, who had just heard this guy basically say, I've done this challenge. It's the worst thing I've ever done. And my <laughs> life is now ruined. So yeah. I, I guess he hadn't listened to that bloke before. I had not, yeah. I probably wish I had. Um, yeah, no, I didn't quite appreciate the how much harder it was uh, carrying everything on your back. You know, I had the op- option of, of going with a buggy, but it, it meant I couldn't do the trails, and I wanted to do the West Highland Way, the Great Glen, Southwest Coast Path, and all that sort of thing. And a buggy just makes that more difficult. Um, but, I, yeah, I really didn't quite appreciate the extra weight on on my knees um and my back it wasn't that heavy probably 10 kgs maximum when it rained yeah it's quite a lot probably down to eight seven or eight uh in the dry um but yeah i know that was that was yeah just physically demanding you know the other ones were more mentally demanding Mm -hmm. yes they were tough but i just if anything my mind was stronger than my body on the run you know in my mind i was like i can totally do this and then you know, unfortunately, there's a balance, you know, because if you just keep going, you eventually yeah. get injured. So, you know, you've got to play the game a little bit. And how did, because it, it it's, it's probably a good thing, actually, that the media weren't following you that closely, because that could... Yeah, they definitely were, because when I got injured, mm. <laughs> uh, as in they, they definitely were one side once I got injured because I got injured taking a selfie. Um, so that's when oh, they... Oh, because I know that story, but I didn't connect the two. Yeah, they decided to pounce on me then um, again. So although I had been largely forgotten, thankfully, and I could kind of just go off and do my adventure on my own. um, Yeah, as soon as they realized I got injured taking a selfie, then it all... (laughs) The Sun newspaper did did a whole half page dedicated to my selfie knockout, they called it. (laughs) And were you actually knocked out then? No, not really, but that's the Sun they of creative freedom <laughs> and, and was that was that a negative press would you say or did it all help actually for the future uh, i don't know did it help i don't really monitor these things nor do i care um 
no idea, mate. You've, you've injured you've injured yourself in some spectacular ways. Injuring your <laughs> shoulder through the cheese rolling, hurting yourself with the selfie. Yet the size of your challenges are incredible. Yet they don't seem to break you. In uh, low IQ, mate. <laughs> I can't wait to. Well, I, I can't wait. But it's going to be wonderful to find out how you die because I think it's going to be incredible. <laughs> it's going to be like checked well, by I, an eel. I, or... I already know. No, I'm going to. I'm going to. Something's going to happen, and I'm going to not. I'm going to go out to sea with a rowing boat that I've made myself and blow a hole in the bottom. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like 110. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be 110. And I'll just be like, yeah, I've had a good run. And you know, this is how I want to go. You've just got to make sure your last line is as good as um, I might. Was it? I'm getting to the toilet. I might be some time. Yeah. We've got a long time to come up with that phrase. We've got to make it as epic as possible. I love the way well, that, I love the way you're pl- planning his death here. <laughs> I mean, we've not really done this with a podcast guest before. Planned planned your death in this sort of like minute detail before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is good. it's a good way to get an insight to someone. I think so. Do you, do you actually see yourself as going out in a in a blaze of glory, Bon Jovi wise? Yeah, but on my own, and you know, and I'll probably leave a note somewhere, I guess. But, <laughs> but I'd have I'd have outlived everyone I know because you know. I'm going to live to 110. So, oh, that might be that might be young by then. <laughs> oh yeah, well, don't say that. God. <laughs> really, I'm already running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so when you um, so you fin- you you had this this setback. I mean, did that did that knock you back as well emotionally? Like, did you think, oh man, maybe maybe this isn't for me. I should switch to something else. Or did it make you more determined to, to um, actually complete the run? Initially, when I was going through all the physio stuff and the, and the doctor's stuff and mm. the MRI scans for the, on my knee. I, um, I, yeah, I was worried that I'd, I'd cause myself long-term damage and I thought, well, maybe running is just not my thing. Mm. But also truthfully in the back of my mind, I knew in my heart I hadn't really prepared enough, mm. you know? So the well, next time mm, I was a bit cocky. I was a bit arrogant, <laughs> you know. It's true. Like I thought, well, man, I've swum it. It's yeah, I mean, swimming's harder than running, isn't it? Swimming that distance is, yeah. Mm. Mm. So I kind of thought, well, yeah, I can totally make this happen. It should be easy. How hard can it be, man? Loads of people have done it. Forrest Gump ran across America twice or something. Um, it's and, true. And yeah, no, I just underprepared. Okay. underprepared and and it was my own fault so you know learning lesson sometimes there is a downside to having being too confident you know everyone says oh you know never give up believe in yourself but actually when your confidence turns to arrogance that's that, that's when things go wrong and I was certainly overconfident in my ability having you know cycled around the world and swung the length of Britain and blah 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 I thought oh, this will be a piece of cake but Running's so hard, man. What you're saying is running is the, the hardest of all sports. The, yeah. the yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that, like it's, like, it's, the it is, quest, it's the question hard. we were going to ask, but you've answered it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And so did you then, was, was your focus then just get back, recover from this injury, and then I'm running that again? Yeah, exactly. So I got injured in, when was it, August, September, uh, and so I thought, right, if I recover, get back on it, I could probably have another crack at it around March. 
yeah. March, April, March, April time. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. Did it feel different from day one? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I was, I was, although I still suffered injury on the second attempt, it wasn't, I knew how to manage it. I knew when to stop. I knew more about stretching. I knew, you know, everything. I just did more research and, and was more prepared and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. And were you unmanned again? Yeah. Yeah. Same self-supported thing with the rucksack. Wow. Um, because again, couldn't find anyone to take six weeks off work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you are allowed to take six people one week at a time. You can break these things down. Oh, that's it's, way uh, too much. That's way too much admin for me to organise. <laughs> well, next next challenge, the do badders, they love it. We've already we've already set up a hundred mile race between do badders houses for Jody to run. Oh, nice. So if we can do that, we can definitely sort out. Oh, a, yeah. Uh, support crew for you yeah okay, absolutely cool. but um, oh, unless, sorry, unless, unless you're going up north in which case if you're if you're if all your <laughs> if all your activities are based in the southeast and edinburgh <laughs> you are sorted if you go anywhere outside of those confines we're not gonna have much of a support crew so it was it was an it was a nice gesture but <laughs> utterly meaningless <laughs> it was exactly it was, it was like it's a promise that i knew i'd never have to deliver on. <laughs> nice but um so when you're running because you know we all of the people that listen to the podcast have, have done long runs and we've we've had a, we've played emotional games of ourselves we, we tell this is why we listen to podcasts that's why podcasts exist because of just a way to escape what were you doing mentally throughout that period um oh, just trying to think of the next place to get food mainly <laughs> I, love um, that. I love that that's exactly what it's about isn't it it's about just your mind just being so focused on like just the next bit so it's quite yeah primal. yeah i mean so w- what i really focus on is is five elements to it to competing in an endurance challenge where there's some sort of record at stake you know whether it's a speed one a distance one a timed one Mm. um you know whatever you've got to have five elements running at optimum to do any sort of mileage and they are food water sleep muscle management and the fifth one is motivation you know if even one of those isn't optimal you're Mm. gonna you're gonna fall short on mileage or pace or something you know you can have you know, you can have great sleep, great food, great muscle management, like stretching, massage. But if you don't have enough water, you know, you, you're going nowhere. Or you can have food, water, sleep and muscle management. But if you've got no motivation, you're going nowhere either. So I try and every day it's just all, fi- all those five elements, you know, keep those five elements intact. You know, I know my sweat rate. I know how much water I need. I know my salt loss. I know how much protein I need per day. I know roughly how, how many you, calories I need. Because you could do all of that, but how do you schedule or how do you plan motivation? Well, often motivation comes from the others being optimum. You know, so that's the one that you'll you'll be motivated if if you're if you have good sleep and you're eating well and you're drinking well and your muscles are feeling good because you've done your stretching that often leads to motivation as well. So um, it's like a positive positivity yeah. loop. Yeah, exactly. And, and even if times are tough and, and you might be a little bit behind schedule, 
you know, you focus on the, the key four things and then you, you just got to stay positive and stay motivated. Otherwise, you'll just be miserable and stop um, or just do less mileage because your, your your brain and your psyche will have a physical effect on your performance, no doubt, 100%. You see, so, you, you, could, you could streamline this. If you just, if you combine the two and you just focus on soup, then <laughs> you've got one less thing to worry about. That is true. Yeah, you could. Yeah, and you've got. I don't know if you get soup's not that calorific though. You got, you could throw coconut oil in, I guess, or, or walnut oil, a bit of butter. Oh, you know, that'll sort you out. But um, yeah, no, that would that would be good. I did used to blend all my meals on the swim, so yeah. And were you listening to music or listening to podcasts or um, things like that to keep you stimulated? Yeah. yeah, a little bit on the trails. I'd listen to a bit of music. I got the internet to recommend me songs and mm. whatever people recommended i had to download that was the rule so there's an annoying amount of enya and celine dion and just <laughs> bloody diva who, who are your who are your support crew well, well, who, who are your fans they're doing, they're doing it to wind me up aren't they oh um, enya oh, would be we lovely. could do a lot worse than that yeah enya would have been what nice about- wouldn't it what about well, sitting down by like, James? Yeah. <laughs> sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All the sittings. Yeah, there's, that's a good one. You, you should have, yeah. You should have given, <laughs> sent me some, you know. And, and was there a time challenge as well then? Or was this just completing it because there's a third leg? Um, yeah, this one actually was the first. The run was the first one that I didn't give myself a really bonkers um, goal mm. for it. Mm. Uh, I knew I wanted to to try and do roughly around a marathon a day. Um, yeah. so, you know, that's nothing groundbreaking at all um, because I wanted to also have an adventure. I wanted to explore Britain a little bit and 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 that sort of thing. And also I'm not a runner, you know, it, it would have been, if I wanted to do proper mileage, like, you know, the 40s and 50s, then I would have had to do it the following year. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't think I could have pulled that off. You know, I've got to, got to keep keep going keep doing stuff otherwise i, I get it's also depressed. it is weighing up the results i mean the by by waiting the extra year is is the outcome worth the effort you put well, in exactly actually, you know to do it to do it you know maybe a, a week quicker maybe two weeks quicker for an extra year mm, probably not for me at the time um but that was just the way i wanted you know i i would love to try and have a crack at at, at a jog record either the swim uh, either the run or the the cycle yeah um, uh whether i can probably not i'm probably a bit too old now um to start running properly to have a crack at that cycling potentially i'd have to have phenomenal weather gethin butler who has the record has held it for, for years now um mm. so you know whether i'm physically able to now with age and and, and training and, and experience um uh, unlikely uh but you never know you never know never say never <laughs> you just need the right coach you get someone like rob young on your side yeah and you could do it in days <laughs> coach coach being the operative word there yeah yeah but you know you know i i appreciate and although i'm a good age for for endurance stuff i haven't yeah. i don't have the running pedigree to to complete compete in in the in you know the proper proper hard stuff you know like the fast stuff you know i've never i've never even done a marathon in my life the actual event no i've run the distance obviously but i've never done the event um in february 
what am I doing in February? I don't know. Yeah. It's so far away, mate. I don't know. I might be dead. No, I'm not. I'm dying at 110. Do you want to come and do the first Somaliland marathon? Oh, wow. Somali. Wow, that sounds quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tentatively yes but i've got a few other ideas that are in the pipeline and they may conflict with my okay. schedule top secret if I, if I can knock them down then uh we'll see yeah. sort out. <laughs> so then you did did the, did the second time was that you said you got a bit of an injury but i mean how plain sailing was it compared to the expectation compared to the first time um well yeah, I mean, it was a lot easier from a, from a physical point of view because mm. I didn't get in, as injured. Um, but the first time I was only out for a week and then, you know, then I had to come back. Whereas this was 44 days, I think. And was there a little woohoo when you crossed eight days? Like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, well, I ran past the bloody stone I tripped on, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> was it still there? It moved a little bit forward. Well, There's a plaque. Annoying me, it was a lot. <laughs> By the news of the world. You should have left a copy of the sun underneath it. <laughs> oh, which was worrying. It was a tiny rock. It was way bigger than I thought. But never mind. Um, <laughs> I peed on it and carried on running. Good. <laughs> Did you continue to do selfies? <laughs> not, not while I'm moving. Um, yeah. Although I have fallen over a few more times, but only when it's soft grass. <laughs> and so you, so you then finished. Um, you finished that. You completed the triple. Yeah, yeah. And was the were you then feeling like I've done Britain? I now need something different, something bigger, or you want some time off? Or um, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I was relieved. But I also, I, I kind of got hooked into the whole triathlon idea. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd done this length of Britain triathlon, but it was over eight years or something um, as three separate events. And I just kind of thought, well, actually, how cool would it be if I did just a really super long triathlon? Um, and that's when last year I came up with the idea of the sort of the world's longest triathlon. And yeah landed up doing that and you know I, I was thinking of doing it abroad um but i don't know why i just kind of this is such a cool island man i just wanted to explore more of it i mean annoyingly i've probably left nothing left to explore <laughs> no i'm kidding i mean there's still lots to explore but um have you, you always know. got around because you could obviously go clockwise or anti-clockwise have you always done it the same way or well yeah i've always tried to go up on the west coast because you get yeah. tailwind so um and it's familiar um but yeah the, the the lap the triathlon lap last year yeah i did that um clockwise um and i can't remember why but it made sense at the time <laughs> and are the rules on what actually um a triathlon is so say for example i cycle for four thousand two hundred miles and then i run a one mile yeah. 50 meters is that no. the world's longest no because you've got to have the proportions the same so if you divide the total so if you divide an iron man or up into yeah. the total distance and then whatever the proportions are for each leg you just scale that up that's how you meant to do it um so does that mean you had to loop on the cycle 
Well, no, because it was a 4,200-mile uh, total distance around Britain. And if you divide that into the same... Oh, I see. Ah, uh, okay. It's 3,000-something, 500-odd cycle miles, 850-odd running miles, and then 120-odd swimming. And that roughly, give or take a few percent here and there, is roughly the same proportions as if you had to do it an Ironman. Um, and how because whenever you get off whenever you come out of the water you can't you can't walk whenever you get off a bike you have to hobble but that is just on a, a straight even a, an olympic triathlon yeah so how were your muscles adjusted? yeah it was it was it was tough you know i cycled three thousand i cycled basically the equivalent of cycling across america mm. and then did straight into running shoes um and my changeover was like you know half an hour uh and then, <laughs> so, you know i had to get my stuff put my mum had to post all my running kit to a bike shop in scarborough where i finished and then i asked the bike shop if they would send my bike home so i literally ran into cycled into the bike shop <laughs> got, got the wow. box from my mum got all my running kit packed everything else into another box so that the bike shop could send that home and ran you know ran out the shop and then and yeah and again same thing you know the, cycling to running does not transfer well um, yeah running to cycling for me works i find it i feel really strong on the bike after i do a lot of running a lot of people disagree with well, it's, it's a rest isn't it on the bike. yeah you because yeah i just feel there's your, your legs are really really toned and really kind of in tune and they're like they're, they're they're on it you know after running whereas cycling to running it's like they're just in cycle mode you know they're just they're, they're used to doing one motion um uh, mm. and that's it so yeah the changeovers were pretty tough so you you then finished you finished the triathlon um and you i guess that brings us up to now yeah. in my head as you know having listened to this you need something new it's got to be I don't know yeah. what, but it can't. It can't be Britain. It can't be swimming. It can't be cycling. It can't be running. Well, I still quite like swimming, cycling, and running. Um, I'm not going to do pink helmet adventures. <laughs> you, know, you know how many times they do it all again, dressed as a penguin. Well, exactly, <laughs> mate. Are you going to pogo stick it? Well, no, definitely not. Well, uh, is, is that a dig at Danny Bent who pogoed Togo? Yeah, I saw that. That's great. I love it. um so basically the 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 thing that's eluded me in Mm. the in in the endurance world the sort of ultra endurance world anyway Mm. the the holy grail as it were is uh the three f's if you the three f so if you can get a world's first yeah uh, a world's furthest and a world's fastest as three separate events um, in the endurance world, then you you've got the holy grail, man. Like that's it. That's the pinnacle, in my mind, of endurance adventure and endurance sport. If you get now, the furthest, though, doesn't that mean you've automatically got the fastest for that distance? That's exactly. They have to be three separate events. You see. Oh, see, so, sorry, three separate yeah. events. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So you know, obviously, when I swam Britain, I'm obviously the first person to swim britain and the fastest fastest, yeah um and i've probably done the furthest coastal swim in the world as well because of that british swim but you know 
they've got to be three separate events. Now, I've got a world's first swimming the length of Britain. I've got a world's furthest doing the world's longest triathlon. But I've failed twice at a world's fastest. I failed on the round the world cycle. And last year, I tried the across Europe. Sorry, this year. Oh, gosh, I can't believe it was this year. Um, the fastest to cycle across Europe. Because um, that's not on your website. Is that because of the failure? or you just um, No, I just haven't updated it. <laughs> I am woefully bad at all that internet stuff. Um, but Is it, uh, is it very different when you prepared for that? Is it very different how you train and how you plan for yeah. fastest? To... Yeah, definitely, 100%. Like firsts, firsts and furthest, you can kind of wing it because there's no time limit yeah other than potential weather if you're in certain parts of the world and or you know self-imposed limits but obviously i i didn't want it to become a holiday so you've got to do something Mm. that's noteworthy um just for self you know to make it feel as if you've achieved something personally um but yeah a fastest is then you're back in heavy training you know 30 hours a week probably and going into this fastest are, are you are you doing it like did you have an have you do you think are you a good cyclist are you thinking now that i've done all this cycling i realize i'm fast enough to go to a fastest or are you thinking i want to do a fastest let's see how fast i can get um a, a bit of both a bit of both um i'm 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 okay at cycling uh there's some youngsters now who are pretty amazing yeah you know, the guys who are who are doing the Transcont and the Trans Am and the Race to the Rock and the Tour Divide, you know, all these kids, you know, that were maybe even semi-pro at one point but dropped out for whatever reason. Or, or, they probably or, dropped or, out because of drugs and so yeah. they're even better than the pros. Well, it's true, <laughs> mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn um, it. So, you know, these these guys are pushing yeah, 250 to 80 miles a day self-supported yeah. on the bike. Mm. um and that that's for that's pretty short you know that's only for about a week um whereas my events the things i try and do i kind of i'm only good after about two or three weeks so that's my distance really um, is that because of experience because of your mental strength or because of your body's just used to it now i don't know i, I don't know if i get better or other people give up i don't know mm. but I certainly if there's something that's around three weeks long or more ideally months long that's where i really come into my own Mm. you know sort of two three weeks is kind of my minimum really if it's something shorter than that i usually can't keep the pace with some of these youngsters um but if it's if it's longer you know if it's a month two months three months then i'm then i'm good you know then i can i've got the experience i've got the endurance i've got the stamina i'm getting to a good age i'm 37 this year coming so I'm just getting to the beginning of, of that sort of age for the long stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've still got time. Um, but, yeah, got to do a world's fastest. Don't know what it is yet. It might be Europe again. And, and what but, happened with Europe? Uh, I got injured, yeah. Got uh, injured. Okay. Not a serious one, but enough to not push the miles. So just, you know, had to rein it in again. Uh, and, and in your planning for that, so yeah, how, how in your planning for the attempt, how close to you? were you in in what you were i guess budgeting time wise i mean are you right on the edge to think if i if everything goes perfectly i can just make it or were you thinking actually this is this is doable yeah no actually i mean it was hard but i was yeah i was ahead of schedule in 
I'd only done three days and then I got injured and I was already 70 miles ahead uh, oh, wow. of the record in, in three days. And although I was kind of, once I had that lead, yeah. I kind of just hung at 70 miles for yeah. another yeah. day. And then I makes sense to, yeah. Uh, you don't want to burn out. But, um, you know, that with the fastest you've always racing the guy who did it before you so you've got at least you've got something to chase which is quite nice yeah 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 so is is that because the obviously question now is what's next is that what's next it's the fastest uh, it, it is a fastest of some sort um the europe one excites me but the idea of doing it all over again and getting to the start line is just you know when you write a really long email and it's really important and at the end it doesn't say <laughs> Well, like, imagine this podcast. Yeah. Imagine you get off this podcast and you go, "Oh, sh- we didn't press record." You know, when you, when you if you <laughs> that if happens you, all the time, to be honest. Sean, <laughs> I would, I would love it, Sean. I, I've, I've enjoyed this podcast. I don't know what you're saying. It's, it's quite insulting. <laughs> yeah, but but you wouldn't. You you know, if you had to do it again, you'd be like, "Oh man, we, had, <laughs> yeah. we put so much effort into it." You know, and just the you probably would do a good job of it again, but you just would be less motivated. You know. Yeah. But are you? Because to a certain extent, though, it, it sounds as if cycling is going to be the one. Your preparation's going to be fairly similar when you're at home anyway, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, cycling's the thing I can do. Uh, I know I can get a fastest in cycling. It's probably my strong point. Mm. A, a fastest swim, there's not many timed swims. You know, I could go for a fastest channel. I don't think I could. I don't think I'd, I'd do it. Um, there's not many other fastest other than sort of your Olympic distances, really. Yeah. Um, and and running, oh, there's no chance. I'm I'm not really good at running at all. Uh, so I couldn't I could I could never do a fastest running attempt. I don't think. So yeah, it probably will be cycling. Um, but if it's, I'd like it to be Europe again. Um, yeah. I need to, I need to see out the winter and see how fit I come out. Um, come out on the other side. And, and why is that? Is that because it's it's easier? It's because your 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 community's there, or why Europe? Um, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it. It's a uh, it it's it's a record. It's a previous record that people have done. Mm. Uh, it's it's not crazy expensive, so you know I don't have to sell my soul to to raise you know tens of thousands of pounds to sponsors. You know I can get away with it with just a couple of kit sponsors and, and a few people mm. to pay for my flights and things so that mm. means there's less stress on me delivering sponsorship you know uh contractual things you know when you the bigger it is the more sponsors you get the m- more of your arm you have to give them you know and 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 don't get me wrong something you know most or in fact all my sponsorship agreements and things i've i've gone into at the moment have been amazing you know or all my sponsors are pretty cool, uh, mm. be- mainly because I just say no to the ones I don't feel, you know, that it's not within, you know, it doesn't suit me. Or I feel they're going to want me to, you know, blog every single day, which will involve finding an internet cafe somewhere and then yeah. <laughs> going to take, you know, take away from it or whatever, you know. Um, so you got to play that balance. So obviously if, if you can get by, and which is what I do, I get the sponsorship question loads. It's probably that I get at least... Phew, at least one email every day or one message on either Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, if not two a day from people saying, Oh, how do I get sponsored? And I, you know, my answer is actually, if you can just get another job and save the money and do it without any 
without any sort of commitments, I would much rather do that than sort of kind of bend over backwards and, and let someone else take ownership of your idea, you know. Um, but, you know, saying that some of the sponsors are, are amazing. So you just got to balance it up and find out, you know, if, if it's worth um, what, the, what, what they're asking from you. Um, but yeah. I think it's always, it's always um, I'm not going to say easy, uh, but I, I think to get kit is is achievable for, yeah, for exactly. those challenges but yeah, yeah it's that it's getting cash out of people that's yeah. the real hard but at the end of the day you know like let's say it's you know someone wants to do a running a running challenge and they want a pair of trainers and a pair of trainers is you know really good pairs what 150 quid nowadays you know is it worth you emailing you know 100 kit brands and shops and trying to go for a meeting and trying to get them to get you the right size and uh, you know, and then while you're running, you have to take photos of your shoe and every <laughs> puddle you find. And then, you know, and then, and then it breaks, but you can't tell anyone it breaks and you can't buy a new one because you've got a sponsor and oh, all for 150 quid. I tell you what, I'd rather go and work every Saturday for a couple of weekends to save the money um, and buy my own shoes and not have the stress, you know. <laughs> um, and with your challenges, because, you know, you are now full time adventurer as such. Um, <laughs> when you've been thinking about your plans how much of financial constraints how much does that influence the timing the nature of what you're doing oh well yeah loads because you know i've not made of money um you know i just a s- simple guy who lived on a boat for ages and and you know i've got basically try and find ways of getting other people to pay for my stupid ideas you know and mm-hmm. that's as simple as it is so yeah, and that's what I said before. If if I had loads of money, I would I'd be doing this stuff anyway, um, with without the hassle. But obviously, you know, there's some big ideas I would have loved to have done. But yeah, certainly, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, and you know, people have to justify giving you the sponsorship and and things like that. And you know, sometimes I've saved for months and months and months and had the money in the bank, and but just not quite enough to pull the big stuff off so i have to go oh well you know i've got to be realistic everyone's got to be realistic about these sort of things um but you know have you you regretted any any decisions you've made that have almost been forced upon you or any changes that circumstances have have created because of that no no not at all really um no definitely i'm just trying to think have i no because i'm not really i'm not financially motivated um yes some of the ideas need a little bit more money you know like across europe that that's a little bit more expensive because i need flights there and back i need visas for russia i need food you know quite a lot of food every single day oh shit does russia count so does do you've you've got to go all the way to siberia uh no not quite the the record ends halfway across russia so you only have to go halfway across but um yeah i mean i certainly you know, if if a company came to me with a check to fund it all, but I felt that that wasn't the right company or they didn't have the right values, uh, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd rather go and I'd rather go and save the money somewhere else. You know, I'd, I'll try and flog my books at the car boot sale on Sunday or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. Whatever. So, um, because you know, I, I've seen other people. I've seen other people bend over backwards for you know a 50 quid rucksack and it's ruined their adventure you know because they've you know they've been emailed every day going where 
where's our rucksack photos? Why's the we need one in front of a waterfall? We need one in front of a camel. And all of a sudden, like every day, they're just like trying to take this bloody photo of this rucksack. And I'm like, was that worth it? Fifty quid. I think <laughs> I think the biggest thing actually is I've found with because I've I've been sponsored by various people on the way. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to to work with the brands I want to, but you do get some very good brands with some individual products that are awful even (laughs) though a lot of their kit can be incredible and there's nothing worse than having to suddenly use something and it could just be (laughs) a pair of trainers or well you see a bag i mean there's there's probably no nothing more influential on a run than having a bag that that the straps are slightly annoying or just (laughs) dig in in the wrong place yeah um, let's make or break isn't it I guess, yeah. A touch wood. I've never, I've never had that actually. Um, in fact, the only stuff, most of the stuff I've had a problem with is the stuff I've just gone. Ah, oh, actually, I'm just going to buy a cheap version because I couldn't be bothered. Like you know, a hip bag, a hip bag, or a water bottle that the lid breaks or something. You know, because <laughs> I like the color or something. I don't know. <laughs> Was it pink? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and so, so assuming, assuming all goes well you get your fastest time you've compl- you you're hopefully then feeling at one with the world everything's yeah, good unlikely. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean where 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 are you well, in 10 years, knows, 20 years eh? time i mean who knows who knows I, I have no idea um i i'm gonna let the world work it out for me uh, i don't really have a plan i don't actually really want to plan mm. um i want to see what happens you know i'd I never planned for the adventure thing to happen. It just kind of happened, and I'm enjoying it. At some point, my ideas are going to get bigger than my body can cope with, and then I'll have another midlife crisis and do something else. And um, (laughs) What the adventure world has certainly taught me is is sort of human resilience, you know, and and making a plan, you know. And when you are desperate, you know, it's amazing that, uh, you know, how we're all able to make a plan. Mm. Um, So... I have no doubt at some point I will have to make another plan. And I don't know what that plan will be, but that's kind of exciting, you know? And and do you feel, because we've, we've talked on the podcast a few times before about Yes Tribe, about Project Awesome, about it, it does seem people are more and more encouraged and pushed towards these these challenges. Um, how, how do you think, in general, people are communicating the challenges because in, in my in my head part of me thinks you know sean conway i would love to be sean conway and to do do his challenges to do these epic things and but i know deep down that i'd hate it for 80 percent of the time because it's, it's just not me you know i i do i do i like running fast i like oh, yeah. running sometimes multi-day fast but i just i couldn't handle it i'd be five days in in, in knowing it's three months and i go mad and I yeah. don't know if I don't know if people really get that side of thing. I think they just see the the summary, the the PowerPoint presentation, the forty minute talk. Um, yes, yeah, certainly, but I don't think it's it's sort of the 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 adventurer or the athlete's uh, fault there. If 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 I'm going to mm. defend my my kin, mm. um, because I think if anyone actually had to go into the nitty gritty. Uh, and follow someone's website and their blog and their f- social media channels actually you know going way back they yeah. get a pretty accurate picture of what life's about yes some people 
people can, you know, rose rose tint Instagram and put filters on and make it sound all lovely. Um, mm. I am not really into the sort of exploring holiday adventure crowd. You know, that's not my thing. You know, I, I, I'm I'm on the athletic side, and and you know my channels are exactly what they are. People who who the people who do go, oh yeah, look at it, it sounds amazing. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, my, I've got a pretty cool setup at the moment in life, mm-hmm. um, but they probably haven't really done their due diligence, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know it's quite easy for people to just make a quick judgment on someone based on the last 10 instagram posts or <laughs> whereas actually if they went and read the text and went a bit further i think i think a lot of the time most people will be pretty honest with their lives yes there's quite a few who who aren't super honest about about um about life on on social media yeah. um but, you know, I, I still think that quite a lot of people are, you know, um, whether it's a sports person, an, an Olympian um, or someone who goes exploring. Uh, and, yeah, so it, it just, you know, you need to dig in a little bit deeper because. I think that's a good answer, actually. And I think you're right. If anyone actually then decides, I'm going to try this, it doesn't take long to suddenly figure out, uh, oh, boy, <laughs> this is actually <laughs> this is going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. So we've got some we've got some quick fire questions from from the do badders. Um, Hit me. We'd like to. Well, the, my, my first question is. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to <laughs> how to ask. It's not the dating ones, have... is it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Do you know who Nancy Little is, perchance? No, Nancy Little. No, should well, I? What I'm going to say is, if you if you ever become a if you ever meet her. Just start running. She will, <laughs> she will eat you alive. <laughs> nice. So, you've got quite a few female admirers in the in the Dubai community. One of them asked, "What what are you running from?" And her answer was me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't wait. So, so I'm just going to quickly flick through the questions you've got. We uh, we've we've had a whole stream of questions in the uh, in the group. Um, so actually what's what's quite interesting is the a lot of the questions partly because do bad away is is taking the piss and joking there's a lot of attention obviously about about your beard about being redhead um you know is is this is that something you do you get sick of it is it something you is actually worked in your favor um is it now something that actually you thought this is great for branding now oh boy this is a weight around my my neck <laughs> um it, i i think i it probably does work in my favor i i mean people do question me a lot that oh you, your beard's your brand now and blah, blah and all those words that i kind of really don't understand um but i presume i guess i'll look back in 50 years time and go oh yeah I guess the beard did help in 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 some way, you know, whether it's you know people make an association or they remember me because of the, the various things because of the beard. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> I have the beard because I like it. Uh, I'm too lazy to shave, um, and and that's pretty much it, to be honest. Um, I, lo- I love the fact that you're sat on a you're sat in a either 
no, maybe not a nursing home or something, but you sat there just pondering <laughs> how. Nursing. I don't know, right? but pondering, pondering the the uh, epicness of your beard from fifty years previous. <laughs> God, that beard, yeah, no. that beard, it was a, it were a great beard. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, I mean, it's, can you it's... track your adventures down the beard? Are there? Does your diet change <laughs> if you significantly if you, enough? If you yeah. cut it, yeah. That's a good point. This little bit at the end, I wonder what I was doing when that grew. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, should try and work that out one day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I guess people, I don't know. People value the concept of being recognised. Um, mm. yeah. I, I find it slightly annoying uh, sometimes <laughs> um, when you know when it's just. Luckily, most of the people who sort of recognize me are, you know, genuinely kind of maybe have seen that I did the swim um, and gone, oh, man, if you did the swim, I can totally, totally, you know, get on my bike and cycle, you know, around the block or whatever. Um, and that's 99.99% of the people who come up to me is is I've hopefully, through me being, a, a, you know, an idiot, gone off and done these things they've been inspired to do something but there is always the 0.1 percent who's just seen me on the russell howard show on telly and gone oh that's that bloke off the telly um and <laughs> that's those are the times where it gets a bit annoying having this big ass beard um because i am so recognizable but uh it certainly wasn't a conscious decision to become more recognizable or to have this as a thing uh it just happened because i well i grew the beard on the swim to shield my face from jellyfish mm. um and it just kind of stayed and because i was too lazy uh and also i get a really big bad rash when i shave anyway when i clean shave so that's kind of why it's here um see i can't imagine just because of when i've ever seen you in the media it's been always related to quite you know specific things it's not as if you're suddenly everywhere um yeah. just presenting top of the pop it's not even a show anymore so <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine anyone i'd have thought everyone who would recognize you would be in a positive way oh no they are generally yeah, of course they are yeah they are um but there are certain times you know when i just finish a big challenge and if it gets in the media and people start featuring it and i'm, I'm doing the rounds like you know sky breakfast and bbc breakfast and all that sort of thing you know not everyone's gonna really care what i do you know um mm. a lot of people do and they and hopefully inspires them to do stuff but you know there is a lot of people who just see someone on telly and you know go oh, look he's that guy off the telly um and you know they, they probably won't even know what i've done or what my name is or anything mm. but the beard and the gin and the whole vibe you know it's, it's certainly out there and it's it's quite you know quite, i am quite recognizable but um do you get mistaken for other people ever Brian Blessed. No, I'm kidding. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep, I, I really want to do that gag one day. I really, but I just can't pull it off. I can't pull him off. He, like he's so, like just powerful and and you know intimidating with his sort of voice and the way he talks. I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do I it. Had, believably. That's so weird. <laughs> I had an epiphany yesterday. I was I was running to um, this Midnight Runners. This this group in in London, and. Thinking about, I can't remember how it came into my head, but I, I absolutely love Brian Blessed. I was trying to think of the perfect guest on the show, and obviously, you know, Sean Conway was number one. Um, but I then started thinking about Brian Blessed. 
I just don't think I can hear his name without laughing. <laughs> I know, he's such a, he, yeah, he's so cool, man. He's, he's boxed with the Dalai Lama. That's amazing. He's had a <laughs> sparring match with the Dalai Lama. He, he's just the kind of How guy. Is the Dalai can... Lama alive? I know. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah, you would lose that fight, wouldn't you? Yeah, he must like... be a god. Yeah. yeah. If he <laughs> I, but I, I hear Brian Blessed nearly every day. Because he's on some voice a voice act, he does voice actor for um, on Peppa Pig. He plays Grampy Rabbit. Who? <laughs> no, but, no, but listen, this comes back full circle. Grampy Rabbit is an explorer, and oh, so nice. yeah, so it, there is a connection to you, an explorer well, and an adventurer. Yeah. Well, Brian Blessed is also an explorer in his own he's right. He's climbed but, Everest, isn't yeah, he? He's done some loads of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah what does what does the rat rabbit say? What fra- give us a, a Brian Blessed rabbit phrase? Um, he'll say he'll he'll sing a song um, that goes. I woke up this morning, the sea was still there, and so was the sky. The sea, the sky, the sea, the sky. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a winner. It's it's number a, one. It's a classic. <laughs> That's for Christmas. But yeah, very much, uh, very much focused on the outdoors. It seems. <laughs> So, um, so one of the questions for the group is, is whether you're considering the jog to complete the circle swimming. Um, no, never, no chance. Is it just impossible one way? No, it's it's not impossible. It's just miserable. Okay. <laughs> I've done it. I've done the. I've done enough misery. Um, there's a chap going for a full circumnavigation. Hopefully next year. I've been helping mm. him out um, this year. Uh, so watch his space. Uh, it's long. It's cold and long. And those mud flats. I don't know how you would get to shore uh, at low tide when when the when the mud flats are are sort of Was three that miles out. Yeah, all along Norfolk, Essex, Kent, a little bit, um, but mainly uh, that bit. So, what do you think yeah. his chances? What 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 percentage chance of finishing? Uh, well, I mean, hundred percent chance. Like it's doable. It's it's a doable swim. Um, you. The only issue is it might take two seasons. Like it might just take you a, a, over a year or, or a year and a half, because once you start getting into winter and the tides and the wind and your your the days you'll have to sit out bad weather just gets worse and worse in the winter. Um. So yeah, it's totally doable. It just take a bit, quite a long time. A year and a half. Well, potentially. I mean, it's unlikely, but it'll certainly take you a year. I think to do a full lap swim. Um, God. And I just, yeah, I'm not really sure how you would cope with those mud flats because, you know, you potentially may have to crawl in from a low tide, you know, mm. depending if, yeah, if you have a boat, where, um, I guess you could just stay out there depending. But yeah, yeah, it's doable, totally doable. Um, but I'm done with swimming in cold water for now anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. And um, and so the, the I guess the the last question that <laughs> has come up a few times is when are you returning to the Bond franchise? <laughs> so, <laughs> I get that on the phone the, the most. Like <laughs> Connery, what? No, why does Sean Connery does not sound like me? I wish I sounded like Sean Connery. Definitely not. <laughs> um, and why would Sean Connery be? phoning ppi claims direct anyway um, <laughs> had you had an accident at work you, you did so <laughs> many times <laughs> anyway, yeah no one day i'd love to be a ginger bond 
but I couldn't put it off. I'm not cool enough. Oh, mate, never say no. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Jade, have you got anything else you want to cover at all? Or? No, no, no. I think we've I think we've covered everything. I think it's best to to end on a uh, on a bombshell of a question like that. <laughs> a bombshell. <laughs> well thank you for coming on short it's been really interesting actually so good um well, thank you for yeah my pleasure and it, you've been asked for so many times in the group oh yeah um, so are the, are it's the same person over and over again <laughs> yes <laughs> my mum again <laughs> lou frazier ali bailey and nancy little those three names remember them okay remember oh. them because yeah one of them is going to be the one that kidnaps you <laughs> and i'd say of the three ali bailey is the one to fear because she could run you down so uh, yeah. anyone be careful. Me down me. i'm not a really good runner so <laughs> Well, thank you. If if people want to get involved, because I mean, actually, what partly what I've taken away from what you've said, it seems as if the challenges you do, the amount of support logistically is is really minimal. Um, yeah, depending what it is, you know, the swim was was bigger, um, and but yeah, often more than often than not, if you have a big idea. You, you can do a lot more on your own than you think. It's, it, it'll cost a lot less than you think as well. Um, and if you've got a big idea, I just say, go for it now. You know, don't wait. The longer you wait, the harder things get generally uh, to pull off. So just go for it. But if you, if you, the next time, your next challenge, come to us, speak to us, just because we do have bit do-badders across the world. Okay. And so, you know, they, that's, they're so wonderful in their supportiveness um you'll probably get lou turning up with jd fudge or something nice um, but yeah just, just let us know and um if people want to follow you what's the best way that they can really connect and track you uh oh, just google google my name i guess or i'm on i don't know i don't know what have my... you said that to a woman in a pub before <laughs> yeah sean connery <laughs> <laughs> or brian blessed um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I had I changed I had to change my tag thingy hash whatever you call them on Instaface, yeah. and I've I can't what's my new one now? Hold on, someone stole my Instagram account a month ago. Really? Yeah. What by hacking it or? Yeah, some Russian dude. So no, so not a guy called Sean Conway, just someone who was <laughs> trying to. Some random, yeah, just I stole it. Oh, uh, where am I? Sean Conway Adventure. There we go. Oh, that makes Sean sense. Conway Adventure. On Instagram. Go Instagram, that's the most fun. How about that? <laughs> well, thank you so much. And um, as I said, your next challenge, let us know as soon as it's public knowledge. But even in the planning stage, we, we won't necessarily blurt out of the podcast and we'll help out in every way we can. Awesome. Will do, guys. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks, Cheers. Sean. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Well, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, really good, actually. It's always, I, I think it's, it's always hard to tell when you have someone who's so used to presenting how they'll be as a guest because they used to, they've got their patter down, they've got their story, yeah. the flow of it all. Um, it's almost like a sales pitch with some people. But yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. it's surprising because um, he's quite you know, open and honest about his... Um, about his failures and how he felt felt about you know the failures and everything, um, but he makes a really a really good point about that like desperation that people have to, to get sponsorship for stuff and yeah. uh, and actually being you know or, or being taken on as an influencer or something like that. 
in order to you know get a free rucksack or something uh, and, and just how much that involves um yeah yeah especially yeah I, I, I think there is a certain element though where getting sponsorship gives you gives you credibility and it, it it makes you feel great and it says to people you know i am i'm good enough to get a sponsor and so i think there is that element where it does help with your, your motivation it does help with oh yeah then talking yeah, yeah. to other people uh, you know if say you're talking to trying to get flights or you're trying to sort out other logistics it, if you can build up that brand then i think it does make it easier in some ways but um but yeah he's right for given that most sponsors don't give money and they just give kit unless it's a sponsor who you, i mean i'm quite lucky, lucky with cliff because for them they they're not all about photos then they they understand that actually they want people who just love the brand who will talk to people about the brand and give it out you, whereas i think you push that like a drug dealer cliff stuff yeah, and I, I do. I do. You're, like, you're like a doctor. You're like a, you're like nurse. Nurse Hellard's in the house, and here's your medicine. <laughs> I, I wish I was on commission, man. I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it is really interesting, and and it's it's really interesting that he says that because he probably needs, in my head, he needs sponsorship and support probably more than anyone else you know the average person who's just a runner or who's doing obstacle racing or triathlon who just wants sponsorship to get a bit of extra this to get a bit of extra kit but he actually needs support to make these things happen and he's even saying it's not the beer on end all no No. does it make you want to do it do what do crazy big challenges well, I, I've always got it in my mind about doing crazy big challenges. I, I've got it in my mind about doing um, Joggle, um, mm. just because I think it, it, it's just one of those ones that, that has to be done. Um, and just, just so our listeners know, I just realised we've never mentioned what Joggle is, so um, it's Land's End, John O'Grace, isn't it? Or John O'Grace, well, Land's End. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was... No, yeah, no, 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 that's what it is. But, um, but yeah, I... I it's really weird, actually, because why is why is that? I suppose that's the, it's the longest part, of, longest. Um, it's the was it called, it's the most northern, the most southern parts. Yeah, that's it? right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but by all accounts, it's not a great route. Um, did you read? Yeah. Did, did you ever read that book that I suggested ages and ages ago? Um, Road to Endorphia about that bloke who did who did it self supported. Because that came back to me to th- think about that when we were just talking. Then was it the guy? Was, was it maybe the same guy who I saw the speak the, the, the talk from? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't imagine this guy gives talks. What was this? Was okay. he Scottish? I've no idea. I mean, this guy had serious psychological and medical problems following it. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it was horrific. It was. Um, I, I was so glad I wasn't running the ultra the next day because it was an absolute horror story and it was probably the worst booking as a speaker you could ever have the least motivational speech <laughs> i've ever had <laughs> amazing <laughs> oh wow no yeah I, but the thing is i've you know i've listened to lots of different speakers um you know like when you do like these multi-day races sometimes a few of them put on a speaker like or on the on the like the middle night or whatever mm-hmm. and um you know doing these like sort of, I, the, the thing is it's like the the um the result of it is like really clear and you think oh that would be amazing but like you say how would you feel like three days into a a hundred day challenge of some sort 
it's it's not you know it's not like it's not like you know, your, your MDS which is a multi day of like less than a week. Um, and even even when I did like Transalpine, that was eight days. That that felt like forever. Um, but you know, just a, even a month's worth, or you know, yeah. for six months, or you know, and to think that someone's taken on the challenge and it's taken a year and a half. As I think. If it's a year and a half, why would I be dicking around around the UK? I'd want it in nice, somewhere nice and warm, <laughs> wouldn't you? And I'd want it to be more yeah. epic. I d- that's the thing. I, d- I always, I always think this though. I always say this, don't I? That you know, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna spend like a year of my life doing something, I want to yeah. make sure it's like in the nicest, most yeah, you know, warmest climate. It's gonna be beautiful. I'm gonna get a tan. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have like stubble, and it's all gonna look rugged, and it has amazing pictures rather than looking like a you know sort of a bedraggled rat. Just like rocking up on a beach in South End. Yeah, especially as with in terms of the the impact of doing these events. So when when we were thinking about uh, Lee Stewart and I doing the um, the channel swimming. Oh yeah, what um, with that? Swim, um, I just just didn't get my paddy on time. So the, the plan is that. Well, I think, don't think Lee Stewart knows this yet, but Lee Stewart, this is your official notification. The plan is next year when Claire and I are doing the um, the comrades, I'll then get my paddy because I want to do it in exactly what you said. I want to get my paddy in lovely, sunny, warm absolutely, water. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it just and it, then, the difference that would make when I like when, oh. you, when you look when I think oh you know you see right so you know, the trans European um, race. You think, oh, that's great, trans-European race, brilliant. But you've got to make sure you get it in the right year. So you could get it in a year when you're going through all, like, the southern Mediterranean countries. You think, oh, that would be beautiful. Or, oh, so it moves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or okay. you could get it a year where you're basically going from, um, like, Morocco up to the Arctic Circle. And you're like, I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't want that year. No, it's all thanks. uphill. No. <laughs> And a bit slippery as well. Yeah, you don't want that one. So, you know, it's... Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I have absolutely no problem with. Um, uh, I just think if you spend a lot of time doing something, yeah, you've got to enjoy it. It's got to be. You know, it's got to be part of that. I always. I. I just think running around the UK is. It's too samey. It's just like you know, every town's the same, isn't it? Really. Oh but look, the, I'm the, in part of Dorothy is... Perkins again. It doesn't matter whether I'm in Aberdeen or whatever. But you. The, the, the reality is, though, how many towns. Are on the coast. You're going to be running miles and much. So um, that's the danger. That's a da- that's a danger. I mean, like you know, th- when you're going to like Devon and Cornwall and stuff like that, that must be lovely. You go yeah. along the south coast and you're going to like Worthing and Port. Well, the coast of Scotland. And, There's coast probably Scotland. nowhere. No, no, no. Like, yeah, that's the thing. But doing something self-support is so difficult in that situation because you do f- you forget that there is that is proper wilderness. Yeah. Yeah, and and because the like Anna McNuff, who uh, is a wonderful lady, who uh, ran. In fact, we should probably get her on as a guest. Ran the coast of New Zealand. Her talk was was essentially saying how she just cried for, I think, six weeks running in the rain, um, by herself, and then camping in, camping in a little tent. So your happiest moment is when you're in a tent by yourself, shivering listening to the wind howling against your tent and that's your happiest moment but the this i mean this guy he's gonna he's doing a year and a half swim around the around britain and for me people only really care 
when you're going to do it. So the percentage of time people care about is probably a month left. But also, if you if you meet someone and say, I've swam around Britain or I swam around the Isle of Wight, the difference in how, in, you know, in the impact of whatever you're doing it for, whether it's for raising money, whether it's for, you know, just for your own self-worth, all these things. If you swim around the Isle of Wight, if I met a guy in a pub and he went, swam around the Isle of Wight, I go, fucking hell, man, fair play, buddy. If I met a guy who said, I swam around Britain, I go, fucking hell, man, fair play, buddy. <laughs> and the difference between those two, there's, there's a difference, but it's not a year and five months difference. <laughs> and see, it's just so much extra pain for very little gain. The thing is about swimming... And I come at this from absolutely no experience whatsoever. So, so we could probably do a podcast. That's, this is when we're best. We, 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 this, we could probably do a podcast full of this, <laughs> an episode full of it. Was that you know? At least when you're running, you're going over different types of terrain, and you, you yeah, know, and, and, yeah. And, and there's a certain amount of like you. Sometimes if it gets a bit technical, it gets a bit exciting, or you're running along a ridge and stuff like that, or you know, or you might be it might be awful, you might go into tunnel and things like that. But that's that variety. When you're swimming. You don't go, oh, you know, this water, this bit of water that we I swam across was just, oh, it was just ex- really exciting. Um, and then, but he was saying it was four miles out. Fucking I mean, you, there's nothing then. What? I remember when, so uh, Miller and I, when we were training for Hell Week, we went hiking in Brecon Beacons in the Fan Dance, and we were bored with how how long it took us to walk. Because you'd see something in the distance and you'd be like, oh, God, it's going to take me an hour to change the scenery. And just, just from running to walking, we just changed how dull everything became. Swimming two miles an hour. Oh, yeah, I just, I mean, hats off to the guy. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's just not something I don't, I don't want to do. But it's really interesting, isn't it, how... Um but people look at that and go, yeah, yeah, I'll, I, you know, I want to do something like that. I want to do something like that. I think there's going to hit, there's going to hit a peak of that, isn't there? And it's going to, it's going to start subsiding. They can't, you know, that can't carry on forever. People just going, oh yeah, no, because like you said, people are just, it, it's becoming saturated now, isn't it? People are just like, you can say, oh yeah, yeah I ran world, around the world seven times. And we're just like, I'm sure I heard someone else had done that. Mm, that's interesting for about three seconds or it's almost what he says with firsts, uh, furthests, fastest. There are fewer, you know, in the same way I've got friends who now go to, is it Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan or Turkmenistan? Because you can be the first person to summit a peak. But the thing the is, but, we... but, but does anyone really care? If like you go, oh yeah, so I've, I was the first person to summit a peak in Turkmenistan and people are like, Oh. Well, they do more than I summited Mont Blanc. Oh, well, to be fair, would if they? you summit would anywhere, yeah, would if do, you yeah. summit anywhere, you're a hero in my mind. <laughs> For the reasons we all know from the A to Z of do badders. So if, you, if you're new to the podcast, which I think a lot of people will be because of Sean Connery, go and listen to the A to Z of do badders to find out truly what summiting is. But um, I still think that I mean there's something nice about being able to so my friend Spike who hasn't messaged me back about coming on the show he's um I think he gets to name a peak in Turkmenistan because he's summited it first which to me is quite cool in what way in the same way that you could might you could maybe you could like buy a star can't you and name it why 
do that. That costs like fifteen well, yeah, ninety nine from W. H. Smith. The difference is, I don't, I don't, for one, I don't think that 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 legally <laughs> exists. But also, in the future, there could yeah, it be. It doesn't legally exist. I mean, there's a little, there's a little need, certificate. We need a Mount Doobadder. <laughs> Mount, this is sounding really dodgy again. A Mount Doobadder <laughs> and Summerton. Wait, wait. How come? How come? Halfway through an interview, you throw in, "Oh, do you want to come to Somaliland for a marathon?" <laughs> For a start, who it's does that? It was in my notes. Just what? Just, uh, just to randomly ask notes. him. Oh well, no, let's go to let's go to Somaliland together, and like wherever the fuck that is. I've, this week, I've pretty much signed up to doing the Somaliland marathon. So it's it's in my it's in our spreadsheet of things to talk about. I'm like, hey, come and do it. Come and join me. It'd be good to have a buddy. We didn't ask him about Dan Barrett though, and, and him losing to him in the the Red Bull Super Chase. But um, so, well, sorry, no, Dan. I know when I was saying that he he expressly asked us not to. I mean, he came across as a really <laughs> nice guy and everything, but when he, when we got onto that subject, he got really oh yeah, it. yeah, exactly. He's, he's, his, his PR called us beforehand. I said, whatever you. He's might, bitter, don't, Dan. Don't, he's bitter. Don't mention the Dan Barrett situation. But yeah, I mean, but it, it is interesting the motivation behind challenges and behind adventures and. I mean, the it, it, Sean does seem to love doing things that I wouldn't. I think that's a really interesting. Like we've we've talked about this before. We've talked about that thing of like if if you couldn't tell anyone about the challenge that you're doing, would you still do it? And mm. I gen- and I genuinely think with him, he would. I think yeah. I think there's no doubt in your mind, and I think it's one of yeah the few people that that you sort of meet who you would think no, he would he would just do it. Regardless, but how many how many people is that true of? Although I think, I think actually, do bad is in general. That's true of most things. I d- I definitely would have done the M- um, done the MDS without people knowing. Oh, um, in fact, I, I say most things I've done, I do them, uh, just because they're amazing experiences. But I think the difference is the th- the challenges we've done. While some of them have been intensely hard at times, you get something really hard, you do it, you conquer it, you feel great. Whereas he does that every day. Mm. And I think that's that's such a difference of waking up every morning and well, basically every have you ever have you ever been racing and woken up bored and woken up thinking just thinking this is monotony now no and i think that's the difference that's his challenge is he does a lot of challenges where there really is no no difference day to day it's 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 a it's you don't get the like MDS five days every day yes, yeah, and you're like now this now that but it's not just endless there's not this yeah this drift but yeah, um, it's weird isn't it it's like yeah I know it's just thinking about it it's weird and so so for example if, if I compare Sean to uh, Dean Carnassus if you haven't listened to Dean Carnassus interview really good as well listen to that um I am so much more in the Dean camp than the Sean camp because everything Dean has done is 
it is quite punchy. It's yes. you know, even this new one, a marathon a day in a different country in the world. Yes, it's it's so many days, but oh my god, you're suddenly in Syria, then you're in uh, you know America, and then you're in uh, Norway, and it, every day would be an adventure. Every day would be incredible, and 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 all of the things he's done so far, he's done some epic races, but they're generally one day races or really intensely hard or or just completely whack, and so. There's so much contrast in those two as a challenge. Yeah, you know, I know, I, and I, th- I think I think you're right. I, uh, yeah, that's a really good comparison because I was thinking, you know, that there's there's a, a, a lot of comparisons there, but it's yeah, it's having that. Um, it's not. I'm not going to say it's like a novelty factor, but it is. There's something that's more dynamic about it because I, I what I never understood. So this this is like I never understood. Um, Whenever you saw, oh, I can't remember her name now. That sailor, that female sailor who McGregor McCartney, Ella, McCart- Ella MacArthur, Ella MacArthur. MacArthur. There we go there. We yeah, go got there. it. <laughs> Lennon and McCartney. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I never understood. I, you know, when you used to see it, she was like always crying her eyes out, and I could never yeah. really understood why. I'm like, I was thinking, well, if I don't really understand why you're doing this, because every day yeah. you seem to cry your eyes out. Uh, and and when you start doing like endurance and stuff, and and you, you and you get sort of a flavour of why why people break down like that, and that is just like pure monotony day after day after day after day, and it's almost there's a there's a different there's a different thing working in it. Whereas I think we, with those sort of like Dean Canazes type challenges, I completely agree with you that there is right. So yeah, I suppose that's the difference between me saying okay, I you know um, distance wise, I'd rather run through somewhere that had completely different scenery every day. It was like a little adventure every single day because I think that's what that's what would really motivate you every day. You know, and you could treat it as a series of consecutive individual events, and that'd be really exciting. If you had to get up and essentially get on the treadmill every single day in the same room in order yeah. to complete the same distance that is that is the equivalent and as, as beautiful the surroundings might be in like um uh swimming or, or anything else that's still essentially what you're doing still oh, shit, getting have, i've just realized a question we should have asked just uh so we wouldn't be having to go and <laughs> contemplate the contrast is ultimately at the end of these epic challenges is the the feeling, the satisfaction, the reward, so much more than if you'd have just done the MDS, or if you'd just done the spine race, or if you'd have just done something two or three days? Like may, maybe while we're, we're you know we're almost talking from a so, point of zero experience because we've never done a race more than <laughs> two days. Yeah. But maybe maybe because it's so awfully dull and so much drudgery that when the satisfaction and the contrast it's it's like when you when you've had a when you're really cold and you've got to get yourself out you've got to get yourself back at the end of the weekend and you're freezing and when you finally get home and it's warm and it's lovely and like oh and you get into bed it's amazing but what so if, maybe but what if yeah but this is the thing what happens if you spend a year and a half swimming around britain and then you get to the end and you realize that was shit that's yeah. a year and a half of your life gone on something that was shit. The th- my worry would be a year and a half. Just think, I mean, I get, I, I feel bad if I miss a friend's birthday. And if you think about, I mean, just the reality of relationships. If you're not connecting with people, you are losing a friendship. 
And so essentially this guy, it's, it's almost like he's been in a coma for a year and a half. And his only stories are going to be interesting for five minutes and then dull as shit for the rest of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's not even going to be able to come out of it. Well, Being he, able to yeah, reach Because no one else is going like, to be able to identify with what he's done. So people go, oh, so you've been away swimming? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. How was it? Really hard. <laughs> cool. Uh, but also, he's going to be desperate to tell everyone about the minutiae of it. Yeah. And that's not how conversation or life works. That's you you want to tell people about what you're doing. It's like, oh, so what's happened with you? Well, I've had a baby. I've changed jobs. I've moved house. That's so fucking boring. I've swum the same thing endlessly. Um, yeah, I, I just think you'd, it would really damage your relationships with, with your friends. And the fact you'd want to... Uh, and, your yeah. partner, and your children, your family. You're going, uh, oh, yeah, I love you and everything, but uh, I'm going to spend a year and a half um, just swimming, swimming around oh, the UK. We should have asked Sean about that as well, because, I mean, that has got to be... I don't know if Sean's single or not. Um, we'll find out for you, Nancy and Ali and Lou uh, and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, there must come a point where, in the same way, if you're in a band or there's so many, there's a lot of jobs, even as a management consultant, where you you come to the realization that you're not going to be able to hold a stable relationship while you're still doing these things. And um, oh fuck, well, so many good questions now. Sorry, sorry. Are you are you comparing an explorer and a rock star? To a management consultant. <laughs> <laughs> this it's sounds this, this sounds like an excuse. This sounds like an excuse that you've made in the past in order <laughs> in order to get out of a relationship. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. What can yeah, I say? It's international the management consultant. Is so big. <laughs> But it's true. It's true. If you, I mean, if say you, I mean, some jobs just aren't indicative to relationships. You're not a fucking spy. You're a management consultant. <laughs> back me up, Accenture people. Come on, back me up here. I don't. To be honest, I, I, I'd imagine we don't have a single management. Oh, we do have. We do. <laughs> my old boss, my old one of the MDs of Accenture, is now a listener. Back me up here. It's not good for relationships, is it? Um, well, it might not be relationships, but it's hardly on the same level. That's brilliant. <laughs> Sean, Sean, what you've done is pretty difficult, but imagine if you were a management consultant. It would be so much harder. Imagine if you were being paid a shitload to go to posh hotels. <laughs> Actually, you'd be called Bear Grylls then, wouldn't you? You would be indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> But it, it's, I mean, that, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Sean because of that. Because at some point, that, that, that genuinely will um, become an issue. Yeah. And whether he'll, he'll you know, what, what he's going to prioritise as higher, uh, as more important. That's a deep and question. So, That's a deep question. Would you, it Na- is. Nancy or your challenge? You see, I mean, there is a solution to this. What? Well, basically, his, his, the, the trio of women that support him on the race. <laughs> we all know that Luke Frazier is the most dedicated support staff possible. And she's one of the super fans. So 
Lou, it's looking good at the moment. It, I, I think it's going to happen. Imagine if you are... Oh, my God. Imagine if you're so scared of your support crew that you can, you just don't want to ask them for help. And it's literally, it turns into a horror movie. What, what turns out to be a challenge, like a, a, a year-long challenge, turns out to be a horror movie because you're essentially being stalked by your own support crew <laughs> who are fighting out between themselves for your attention. It's, <laughs> it's good motivation. I mean, the speed thing may come out like the fastest. It might just, I need this to be over really, really quickly. <laughs> but anyway, Neil Johnson, Neil Johnson, back me up here. I'm coming. Message, message the group. Come in the Facebook group and tell people about how hard management consultants have it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> if you've not listened to the podcast before. <laughs> Um, but some some really good ones to listen to. Um, on a similar vein, we've talked about Dean Carnassus. Really good interview with him. He's a good one to look up. Um, if you're looking for something where just epic, um, we have what well, Ronda Marie Avery, who is a blind trail ultra runner who's taken on Barkley marathons. She's run the Bruce Trail 500 plus miles or so um, <laughs> with a guy just incredible. Um, which 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 episodes? Other episodes? Would you recommend, Jenny? I definitely recommend if you if you want to carry on listening to this podcast to to go back and listen to the A to Z of um, of three <laughs> badders. There's three episodes that we basically created so that you could understand what the hell we're talking about. So if you if you actually want to carry on listening to, I recommend you go back and listen to those first because all of the in jokes that you've missed um, are, are explained in there. But actually, a lot of people go back and start from the beginning, and um, it, it's not many of the episodes are time specific. So, if you if you are looking to train for a, a marathon and ultra, and suddenly have a lot of time with uh, Jishi Rears as company, then um, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but it will explain a lot. Um, it'll be it'll, it's a journey that you'll remember. It'll be a journey. Again, it'll we, be like, talked, a, like talked, a Sean journey. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it, you'll be you'll be slogging away at a long time, and you'll be wondering, <laughs> is it worth it? And you'll get to the end of it, you'll be like, no. <laughs> you'll have no support while you're doing it as well. <laughs> you literally cannot talk to friends or family about it because they don't want to listen. <laughs> but um, speaking thinking of things to have to include, so. We've got the Bad Boy Running Christmas Party coming up. Yes. The, I can't remember the date. It's either second, the 3rd, second, the 2nd second, of December. Saturday, 2nd of December in King's Cross. Yeah, it's going to be fun, actually. The, the main things to remember are, um, it's for charity, to bring any kit, particularly if uh, sports brass, small tops and trainers, um, to, we're going to be sending those to Sierra Leone with uh, Ali Bailey's going to sort that out. If you've got any suggestions of future guests, people you want to interview, um, I mean, most importantly, if anyone out there knows Brian Blessed, I'm desperate to get him on the podcast. He's going to die soon. We need to we need to get his involvement before it's too late. Um, but if you've got any suggestions on guests, then get in the Facebook group. Email us at letters at badboyrunning.com. Don't, then, uh, don't bother with Twitter. Uh, don't bother. Don't bother <laughs> we didn't ask him how your interview technique was. I know we'll have to. We have, we'll have to talk about that actually next next episode. We'll have to talk about it. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't explained. 
I don't. We should get. We should get an assessment. Actually, I think we should ask every guest afterwards for them to it's give like me a mark, marks out of ten. Yeah, it's like dinner date. We need to score them. They need to score us. <laughs> yeah. I bet they do score us by never contacting us or speaking to us ever again. <laughs> <laughs> But if, in t- talking about scoring, actually, you could do is a huge, huge help if you could go on to uh, iTunes or to Stitcher and give us a uh, rating, ideally a five, please. Uh, there is a if you if you are on those on iTunes in particular, read through the comments. It doesn't actually verify who you are, so you can just come up with any identity that you'd like. So uh, there's some please, pretty please, funny. There's some funny, uh, funny reviews in there. So yeah, funny reviews the better. So please be as creative as you can in there, but um, please do review us. Subscribe, uh, tell your friends, like the group, um, all those things. And uh, anything else to add, Jody? So I think right, we've, got a, uh, we've got a cracker of an episode coming up um, all about 80-20 running with uh, Matt's Philip Gerald's next. So, and, oh, and this my is, God. This is, this is what, this one's pretty serious because we, we I mean, like, I, is this the most amount of... Uh, like running and knowledge imparted in an episode. Sometimes we have them, and it and it's awful. Um, but uh, it's not the it's not the most about running. But in terms of knowledge, my God, this guy he he's, he's the guru. What what I love about it is that he's actually a certified nutritionist. And the one thing we didn't talk about <laughs> was nutrition because he's because he's he's so <laughs> he's, he's so, well. He's a certified nutritionist, and he's also, you know, a, a writer on endurance sport and everything. But he is he's best known for eighty twenty, and also the you know the mental side of um, running, um, you know, brain training for for runners. And so that's really what we focused on. But yeah, we could we could have had we could have had him on talking about nutrition for for a good. In fact, let's do that. Let's get him back on for that. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, it's just an amazing interview. After that, we've got Camilla from comrades who is incredible we've got stephanie case coming up who has run at marathons all over the world she has an organization that promotes running with females in areas of conflict she's trained for ultra marathons on uh, the roof of a building in palestine the, oh actually we've suddenly become our our, our guests exceed our abilities <laughs> That that happened quite early on, man. <laughs> it did. It did. Just with static feedback, it was already. <laughs> but um, any any questions, any feedback, any suggestions, anything like that, email us. Get in the Facebook group. You know, directly messages through Facebook. Um, we're we're trying to build a community of people that support each other, but mainly just have fun from running. Yeah. Nice. That, that, that was that was really inspiring and, and nice. Um, you you think you forgot to say and hate parkrun discussion group. <laughs> there's a lot of hatred going on, but um, that that will say we'll save that to next time because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh yes, I forgot Cheers, that. Jenny. I forgot that. See you later, man. Oh. Bye. <laughs> bye 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 bye. Bye 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to 